This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, May 4th, wherever and however you're connected. May what? Have you with us? I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Boba Fett's accountant, Jerem Jordan. Well, somebody has to save our skins. I'm going to try and say as many Star Wars quotes as I can during the show today. So there is no, uh, you know, do or do not, there is no try. So we're up to, t- we're up to two already. I'm going to try and get to 15 by the end of the day. It's it May the 4th. And then tomorrow, Cinco de Mayo. This is a yes. big week. It's a great time of year, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It should be a national rule that you have to watch something related to Star Wars today, right? Like it's, it should be a, a Star, rule to consume certain Star content. Star Wars holiday. I don't know. Like you watch Christmas movies during the Christmas season. Like on but you May can't the 4th, make anyone do that. Hold, this is an un-American idea. Hold on. Here. On May the 4th, it should be, I don't know, a tradition at least. You have to there, watch something. There you go. Now you, you phrased it properly. You have to watch something related to Star Wars. Yeah. Don't make anybody do it. Come on, man. I'm, I'm yeah. hearing the word if, force, uh, and yeah. that's what's causing uh, me to think yes. that way. But okay? the force is different than forcing. You will yeah. watch it's something like related to Star Wars. It's like a force. I will watch Star Wars. <laughs> I won't watch episode nine, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, Not a big fan. Fun fact, still haven't seen it. So that's what I'm watching today. <sighs> that's Listen, that's a real issue between us. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that you haven't seen that. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, uh, well, but- don't try and... No, you're in a massive hole. You just watch it and you climb out, okay? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> May the force be with me. And for today's show lineup, Cam Meller, football analyst from SB Nation, has his top 10 returnees for the Cougars. We'll recap them all. He'll join us live. Our best to wear it series hits the great number eight. And some new familiar opponents back on BYU basketball schedules, which tips off our BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and San Diego State men's hoops announced a new two-game series beginning December 1st of this year in San Diego, followed by a game in Provo the next season. The two teams played the last two seasons. The Aztecs won both. Cougars lead the series history 48-26. I didn't know it was so dominated by BYU. How about that? More on this game and what we know of BYU's men's basketball schedule coming up in what's trending. The ESPN College Basketball Insider, Mr. Dick Vitale himself, said the following over the weekend in a Twitter video about Matt Harms and BYU. But the number one impact player in terms of a fifth-year transfer is going to be the big guy, the 7-3 guy at BYU. He broke the hearts of people in Big Blue Nation when he decided to go play at BYU. And now BYU with him, I really believe, is going to be a threat for national ratings. And watch out, Gonzaga. Even though the Zags are my number one preseason pick, watch out for Matt Harms and BYU. Oh, 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 oh! He, he, uh, someone pointed out, uh, you know, it sounds like Rodney Dangerfield. Ain't getting no respect. BYU didn't get no respect in the WC. What, hold on. What is Dickie V saying? Watch out, Gonzaga. What does national ratings mean? Ratings? Like TV ratings? What does he it mean? Rankings. Yeah, rankings. But- um, listen, Gonzaga is not just the best team in the league. They're the best team in the country by many going into next year. So. Jerem, it's as simple as finding a guard or two in the transfer portal that can put up like really? a combined 40 points a game. It's, it's that, that, it's that listen, simple. Listen, if BYU finds the next Jerem Fredette, they'll be fine. Hey, the Cougs will be a real threat. No, no doubt for national <laughs> ratings. The NBA announces the draft lottery and combine have been postponed indefinitely. 
this just in. Everything's postponed indefinitely. Okay? Literally everything. Both events were scheduled this month. The June 25th NBA draft is expected to be pushed back as well. They can't have the draft without the season ending, and that determines, uh, you know, position and salary cap and whatnot. NBA facilities, however, are scheduled to reopen later this week. Five different Cougars have been named to the MPSF Volleyball All-Academic Team senior middle blocker Miki Yauhiainen and his 4.0 sparkling GPA. Senior outside hitter Zach Eschenberg, senior setter Will Stanley, sophomore outside Davide Gardini, and redshirt freshman John Stanley. Congratulations to all five. FYI, you need to carry a 3.0 or better cumulative GPA, be at least a sophomore academically, and the athlete must have competed in 50% or more in his or her respective sport. So it's not just being smart. you got to be a contributor on your team. Well, your focus determines your reality. Qui-Gon Jinn said that. There you go. So. Nice. Phantom Menace. So we're up to uh, two now? Three. Three, sorry. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Some old familiar foes back on BYU basketball schedules in the immediate future. San Diego State, home and road scenario for BYU, and Boise State is coming to Provo. Jaron, what's your reaction to having San Diego State specifically back on the schedule? Never tell me the odds is what I say to that. Uh, I think this is a good series. Obviously an old rival in the Mountain West. And a team that BYU really competed with. Remember in 2011 how fun it was in the Marriott Center, Jimmer Fredette and Kawhi Leonard? That was an epic game, top 10. Ever since then, this series has felt really, really competitive. Because prior to that, it was always uh, you know, fun in the Mountain West with Utah. UNLV was always a huge game. I'd like to see that continue with UNLV like this as well. But San Diego State was 30-2 and last year. They lost the Mountain West title game to Utah State, but they were one seed, two seed quality. Uh, BYU didn't win either of the last two matchups, but that was a good game in game two for the Cougars uh, to open the season last year. I love it. I would love to see San Diego State on the schedule every year. It's a regional rivalry. Uh, as as pointed out uh, this morning by our producer, Ben Bagley, it almost feels like Boise State football equivalent, right? Uh, 13 and, uh, and 3 loss in, in football this last year. Uh, November 14th, BYU is going to play San Diego State football. I wouldn't mind seeing the Aztecs in football and basketball on the schedule almost every year. Sure. A perennial Mountain West Conference championship contender. Yeah. It's this a good will game. be at worst, at least for the immediate future, a quad two game for yeah. BYU, depending on where and when it's played. If you play on the road, <laughs> it's a trap. It's most likely. A quad one game. And, yes, there are some trap scenarios there with the show. And no, no, that one was too easy. I just I had to. Yeah, I just said but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me all the regional rivals. Give me added context to these basketball games. BYU basketball plays over 30 games a season. Let's add in some uh, fun storylines, right. regional rivalries. It just makes it more exciting. But most importantly, back to the point I initially made, this will be at worst a quadrant two game yeah. for BYU. Yeah, it's a good game, and it's li- yeah likely to be a quad one, which is awesome. And uh, the show versus the rock and all that, you know, they're dressing up like the missionaries. There's whatever. great history there. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Um, these two teams almost played together in the Big West, by the way. Can we talk about that for a moment? So if the WCC wasn't going to work out, BYU, BYU initially was thinking maybe it'd go to the WAC, right, go back to the WAC. This is when Boise State's still in it and Nevada and whatnot. This isn't the Mountain West. Now, that was a thought. And then San Diego State ended up thinking they were going to go to the Big West, which, by the way, Hawaii's in the Big West. 
for everything basically but football and MPSF a little bit, right? So this could have been a big West. Like, these two are the kings of that league. Thank goodness that's not the situation. I think the WCC is a a great fit in that regard. It's the best, next best thing. We need to have that alternate reality conversation. What if BYU BYU went to the Big East in football (laughs) and the Big West in all the other sports? Well, Boise State goes... They commit financially, and San Diego State backs out. BYU doesn't go, and then Boise State's like, hey, what the heck? And they had to pay a fee. But, uh, yeah, the Big East. BYU in anything with East. That's not – that's weird. Give me all the regional rivals. You mentioned Boise State and San Diego State. Yeah. That's who's and, on the schedule. I and, love it. And we would have said, so this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause. Oh, Topic two. Reaching. BYU – yeah, that was a reach. BYU will play 15 non-conference games in men's hoops. Let's take a look at what we know so far, which is 11 games so far. So announced, Utah at home, Utah Valley at home. Mark Madsen, what's up? The Battle of the Marks. Boston College neutral, Tulsa neutral, George Mason neutral, and the Junk New Jam mm-hmm. in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Boise State at home. That's a return trip from last year. Utah State on the road. That'll be a fun one. And San Diego State on the road. Those are the announced. Reported. Oregon in Portland, Arizona State in Phoenix, and assumed is Weber State. So there, there are four more, we think, games left on the schedule. So what do you think? Oh, I love it. I see in those 11 games four quad one opportunities and four quad two opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's what BYU needs to try and make a statement. The schedule is shaping up just how it needs to for BYU to have the chance to say, hey, we're legit, we can win some games. We should be a team that's in consideration early in the season for Joe Lenardi's bracketology and every other bracket that's out there. Uh, I do want one more blue blood team in there. Amen. Just give me one more. I don't care who it is. At least one more. A program with some prestige. Yeah. Whether it's Kentucky, it's North Carolina. I'm just, I just want a one more blue blood in there, and then you can fill the rest with whoever. I think the schedule is tough enough at that point mm-hmm. if BYU adds one more big name. Yeah, I would like two more. Uh, quad ones. Because if you really want to make the tourney as an at-large, and let's be honest, that's likely what it's going to be for BYU, then you need a tougher schedule. Again, why do I want a tougher schedule in basketball than football? Football doesn't reward you for strength schedule. There's no reward. Ask UCF. They don't play anybody. Especially as an independent. Ask BYU in 84. They didn't really play anybody. They won all the games. They won the national championship. That's that's how you do it. That's awesome. Pitt was number three. They end up 3-7-1. Just play a tough schedule. Oregon, that's going to be a a quad one. That's that's a program that's top 50 every year right now. Arizona State, that could be a quad two. They've been kind of hovering in that quad two. Hoping they're top 50. Right. That'd be awesome. Uh, Utah at home, that's going to be quad two or maybe even three. Um, some people would like Utah a lot. Maybe it's quad one. I don't know. The Junkanoo Jam is not going to provide BYU uh, a quad one, probably. It's no. probably some quad twos. A couple of quad twos. Uh, because it's neutral, right? Uh, at Utah State, you hope that's a quad one. You need another quad one or two because I don't know that St. Mary's is going to be the same St. Mary's. You know Gonzaga is going to be a quad one no matter when you play them because they're always going to be in the top 30. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would love another Blue Blood. I would like another team that's going to be a quad one as well. And uh, I hope that it's not so easy that we say, I've got a bad feeling about this because we need it to be tough. What? Yeah, one more. One more would be good. And I like, the, I like what it is so far. Uh, there's some decent home games. I would like a, a really good opponent at home. I think that'd be fun in non-con right now. Like the best home game uh, is like Utah, right? I, I would I would prefer that it be something better than that. But BYU's going going to neutrals. They're going to play at least five neutrals reportedly. So uh, five of the 15 non-con. BYU 
needs 25, 30% of the schedule to be quad one opportunities. And they're almost there. Uh, with Oregon at Utah State, at San Diego State, I think there are three solid quadrant one opportunities for BYU to make a statement. Hopefully, Arizona State is there. Then the Cougars. You're saying are, in non con? Just because all you together. don't. 25, oh, 30% of the schedule. So then, what, six and BYU seven? And BYU's going to play Gonzaga twice. Hopefully three times. If it's three times, there are three more opportunities. At St. Mary's will be a quadrant one game. We hope. Okay. Pre- so, likely. So yeah. now we're up to seven or eight. Just give me one more. Give me one more, and BYU's schedule is tough enough where if they win three or four of those games. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to – yeah, I would like to not work in the minimums. I want to get into the, oh, we have more quad ones than we need. Sweet, we went three and six. We're good. As opposed to, shoot, we only played six, and we went two and four, yeah, no. and now we're bubblicious. So I'm saying eight or nine. Eight or nine is the and, key. And I wouldn't assume that Gonzaga is a win there, right? Like, if BYU doesn't beat Gonzaga at the end of the year, they maybe slide to, like, a eight seed, right? They were a five with a win against Gonzaga. So if you want to avoid a just really kind of stinky situation, you got to have the most quad ones possible. And I think we've learned that BYU is not afraid to do this. I'm waiting for the, oh, my gosh, scheduling news. From Mark Pope, because he's a, a little crazy in a great way, right? Wh- I'm waiting for that a little crazy in a great way game. Yes. Where is it? At We're playing at Duke this year or whatever. Like, I'm waiting for that here now that it's been a full year of Mark Pope. Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. I mean, somewhere in the East Coast. At Syracuse. Like at Villanova. Yes, one of those. Because you know Mark is putting in texts and phone calls to those guys. Jay Wright, you got good suits. I want to put them on display. We will play let's you just, in your gym. Let's just go to your gym, a one-off. We don't need a, you know, we don't need home and home or whatever. Like, it's all good. One more blue blood in there, and I think the Two schedule- more! Two, wow, two more. Is well, one, one of those and then another quad one kind of game. Just because BYU has to play Gonzaga maybe three times and St. Mary's twice. The schedule's already pretty tough, and I like it. Well, then it becomes power-ish, right? Where I like it. playing like 10 to 12. All right, Jerem, our question of the day. As we watch The Last Dance and Ugh, Michael Jordan, so it's good. such a great documentary. So Ten good. parts is probably not going to be enough. I need 25 parts. It's probably not going to be enough. Think about it. A man that dominated basketball more than two decades ago is gathering basically all of the sports world every Sunday night and having us glued to the television as destination viewers. It's amazing. All the LeBron fans are like, your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. No, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Let's go. Whoa. Did I buy some retro ones last night? Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. <laughs> are they royal blue and black? Yes, they are. Yeah. Do you, do you have some? I, I, I know the shoe. I'm thinking about buying the royal blue and black. Then we can ones. wear them together. Yeah, Let's they're, go. They're pretty sweet. We go to Sadie Hawkins, Just too. Just don't play against the Knicks in them because your feet will bleed, apparently. Yeah, that was wild. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan has stolen the show. This Last Dance documentary has been amazing. And I was shocked when it was laid out that the second he leaves his hotel room, He's in the public eye. Well, that's what it's like for you on the road at BYU football games, right? Stop it. It's overwhelming. So you can kind of start to understand why he just wanted to lay in his hotel room and do nothing. Because everywhere else he goes, he's just mobbed by people. I got us thinking, who is the BYU guy that understands that to a degree? The most beloved in BYU sports history, mobbed by fans, can't get enough of them. Who's the most beloved character in BYU sports, Jerem? Well, uh, my original answer was Lavelle, but if you're going to do, like, mob mentality on it, it's probably Jimmer. Um, we, we saw what happened when BYU beat San Diego State. It wasn't a celebrate in 2011. It wasn't a celebration of the win. It was a we want to touch Jimmer. We want to be by Jimmer. So I'd have to go Jimmer Fredette if the, if the kind of mob 
hotel thing is criteria. Okay. But beloved, I mean, hard to beloved go wrong with, is Lavelle. with Lavelle. I right? think Lavelle is the most beloved because even, even the opponent fans respected the heck out of him. And obviously college football, a famer, and won a uh, national championship, had a Heisman winner, had uh, the stadium named after. Like the stadium to me is the trump card here. It's like, well, I don't see anything else named after anybody else. Um, Lavelle. Yeah, beloved is an interesting word here because I'm not sure Michael Jordan was beloved by everybody. He was worshipped. He was he was worshipped. Revered. Michelle Peralta. Crazy stuff. Uh, For me, it's Steve Young, and BYU's Steve Young still takes that aura with him wherever he goes. Uh, When I I was in Denver uh, for Monday Night Football a couple of years ago and watching the mobs of NFL fans just gather around the ESPN set and shout Steve's name and, Steve, can I get an autograph? I mean, everyone was, Steve, we love you! I mean, these aren't even BYU people. It's just NFL people. He's a Hall of Famer. So wherever he goes, he's recognized. And that makes our show that we did on the 1983 team all that more special. It aired Friday. If you missed it, you got to watch it. Incredible. Listen, we tell you to watch a lot of stuff. Watch Friday's show. You can go to the BYU TV app, BYUtv.org, BYU Sports Nation special. So fun. Uh, time to hear from you, Voice of the Nation, uh, as we look at these beloved characters. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Cusco Boy, the choice is clear. The most celebrated athlete, the player who put eyes on Provo, BYU's first Wooden Award winner and two-time world champion is an NBA player, the OG himself, Mr. Daniel Ainge. Mm, that's right. Yeah, he, and he played in multiple finals, right? Not only with the Celtics, but with the Blazers in 92, the Suns in 93. So he's in the last dance as well, which is fun. Keep him coming on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, who is the best to wear number eight? It's pretty obvious. And the top ten best returnees for BYU football as we approach the 2020 season. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay on target. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest episode of VoiceOver with Greg and Shep, the guys talk with Mark Pope about moving on from an abrupt ending to the season, new key additions to the roster, and finding a way to keep moving the program's momentum forward. It's on the BYU TV Sports YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram page. I can guarantee you it will be high energy. Speaking of, welcome back. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Star Wars fanatic Jerem Jordan. I got 9 of 15 in the first. May the 4th be with yeah, you. Yeah, the first segment, so there you go. Let's bring in uh, a guy who wields a lightsaber of football knowledge. His name is Cam Meller, SB Nation football insider, joining us via Zoom on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Cam, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm I appreciate the welcome, and again, that may the fourth be with you guys as well. Let, let's talk about your setup. I like it. First off, you got the you got the Bucks logo, and you got the Seinfeld action figures behind you. That's that's some of the best setup we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, uh, like I think I was telling you guys as well. It's I've got a leg up on the competition here in terms of the working from home. I've got the workflow down after uh, now four and a half years of working from home, so I didn't have to transition too much here. <laughs> you know, did just move, but you know, at this point, I, I've got this working from home thing down pat. Is that the no soup for you guy back there? Oh, we got the soup Nazi Frank Costanza, Kramer, <laughs> Newman, David Putty, and then Jay Peterman. So all of the uh, <laughs> one of the main four, but you know the other guys are, are definitely the best of the uh, the one line characters there. And of course, uh, we were talking about Steve Young in the opening segment. He's one of the greatest Bucks of all time, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's Hall of Fame QB Central there in Tampa. <laughs> Tom Brady. And Are the others. Bucks going to the Super Bowl this year, Cam? Uh, they, if I mean, come on, the writing's on the wall that they do, and then they become the first team ever to host a Super Bowl. It's just it's too good to not come true at this point. So, <laughs> as a believer and as a fan. For 30 plus years now, yes, they're going to the Super Bowl. You just hope it's not the uh, NFL hospice with Gronk, and then you hope Brady's the same guy, right? Yeah, and, and I hope that one day maybe we can see J.J. Watt and Rob Gronkowski on the field at the same time. I swear they're the same person. Same injuries, <laughs> the same body, like massive elbow. I mean, come on, they're the same person, That's right? That's true. That's true. Gronk is like a little less, you know, contained. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. Great stuff. Uh while we have you here, let's focus on the BYU guys. We wish we had a BYU guy playing for Tampa Bay right now. Not the case, but who knows in the future, based on your top 10 returners for BYU in 2020, just maybe a few of those sneak into the NFL and end up in Central Florida. Uh, Cam, let's start at the top of your list with Brady Christensen. Why was Brady Christensen the number one guy on your top 10 returnees for BYU? I think he's a guy, he does it all. You know, if, if you have one minor small point then that he doesn't do well, it's run blocking. But that doesn't matter for me at left tackle. You have to be able to block and block very well. He did it against those first four opponents last year. And I think he was absolutely excellent. His best game of his entire career was against Washington. And that entire defensive front just stymied by him. He is, he is awesome in pass protection. And it's just, it's an underrated critical point of an offense. You have to have a left tackle that can block for your right-handed quarterback. And Wilson never has to look behind him because he knows Christensen got him. Yeah, and if he performs at the same level, he could perhaps come out and be first-round, second-round kind of guy. What do you think? I think day one, absolutely, if this year looks like last year. And then if not, I mean, by far, if he gets out of day two, this is a crazy sort of thing in the draft. Mm. Wow. Okay, so with Christensen uh, receiving that type of high praise, uh, I want to talk about who he's protecting. You mentioned Zach Wilson. You have him at number two. Uh, Zach had some questionable things happen last year, decision-making, but you told us earlier that a lot of those interceptions weren't necessarily all on Zach. So why do you like Zach Wilson at number two? I just like the decision-making when he's on his game. When he is actually making those right decisions, they're better than the majority of quarterbacks in college football that are returning this year. I think Zach's got the, he's got the arm strength, the, the athleticism, the pocket ability, and he can maneuver and find space around uh, in those tiny little gaps that may happen against some talented pass rushers. I think it's, it was the hardest stretch of any team last year to open the season like they did. So I, you, you get those out of your, out of the way and you look at what he did down the stretch. And that's really the Zach Wilson that I think, uh, you know, once he's back and once he's healthy, I think that's the Zach Wilson you get this year as well. But I just think what he does from a quarterback standpoint in terms of the in-structure play, the decisions, he had over 10 passes dropped when he was kept clean in that pocket. So, I mean, a lot of his, the yards that were left on the table were not his fault at all at the most part last year. I think he's just, he does everything that you want to do and he does it very well as a quarterback. Yeah. I'd love to see a full season uh, unfettered. Uh, he finally isn't recovering from a off season shoulder surgery or anything like that. Right. Um, that'd be awesome. Knowing he's the guy and being an upperclassman. Okay. Snapping the ball to him is James Empey. He, he gets a lot of love up at number three. You were, you used to be at Pro Football Focus, and maybe this was you, but a lot of love uh, from PFF as well for James Empey, the center. And it's hard to quantify how good an offensive lineman is, so tell us how good he is. Yeah, that's, uh, those are my, my PFF days. Uh, you know, 2019 was my last season there, so all those grades and everything there, I you know, have a, a, a bit of an influence on there for sure. But uh, 
everything that you would want a center to do as well. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the more underrated and more difficult positions to play in, in all of team sports. You have to focus on getting the ball where it needs to go while also you're knowing you're about to be smashed by a 330-pound man coming at you full force. So what MP does, he's a mauler in the run game. I think he's solid in pass protection, but interior pressure is so much more valuable than edge pressure. And so for him to be able to be solid in pass protection, that's what his next level ability is as well. And I think he's a solid guy at center that goes on to the next level too. Cam Miller of SB Nation with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're looking at the top 10 BYU returners in 2020. You have Matt Bushman at number four. A lot of BYU fans are saying, why isn't Matt Bushman number one? Isn't he the most sure thing NFL prospect that the Cougars bring back? Why do you have Bushman at four? And what do you think of his NFL potential? I think he's definitely, he's up there day two, day three guy right now. I think he's utilized wrong in the offense. And we were just talking about this as well off, off camera and, He's utilized incorrectly. You got to get him to pit hit to his strengths. This is a receiver at tight end in a giant tight end body. Don't worry about him run blocking. Gone are the days that you need to do all three at tight end. This is a receiver. Get him in space. Get him the ball with, with the ball in his hands and let him make guys miss truck defenders. I think that's what he needs to do is he needs to, you know, for, for me to have more value and put him at number one, he would have to be that kind of guy that's seeing 100 targets in the passing game a year. Mm, and he had no drops. So why not throw the ball to this yeah, man? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Get it to him five yards down the field. I don't care how you do. Get it to him in the screen game. Just get him the ball. Mm. Number five, somewhat of a surprise here, uh, Peyton Wilgar, former walk-on who became a, a, a starter on this team at linebacker. Uh, why do you have him at number five? So Wilgar flies around the field, obviously. I don't have to tell you guys this, but what he does best is coverage. So if he – and he's also a sure tackler, which is obviously very important for any sort of defensive player, but his coverage ability, I think, to roam the middle of the field. He was running some of those routes in the flats last year. Some of those interceptions that he made were just not because of he was in the right place. He got himself to the right place at the right time. So I love his upside for at least two more years. You have him over the likes of fellow linebackers Isaiah Kafusi and Kavika Fanua. Is it solely because of his coverage ability and he's better at it than those guys? Yes. Coverage there and then the sure tackling ability. I think Kafusi is probably right on that same level uh, as Wilgar for coverage. But I think the fact that Wilgar does not miss as many tackles as Kafusi did last year, I think that's really where it was kind of split in hairs and I'm going to go with age uh, and to do that as a, as a younger guy. That's why Wilgar gets the, the like up there. So Wilgar Kafusi Fonua five, six, seven at eight. You have Lopini Katoa, uh, one of the incumbent running backs this year. And, and to be clear on this list, you didn't include any newcomers per se, like Devonte Henry Cole from Utah, right? Correct. It was, uh, I did all 130 teams. So it took me about four months to do all the, all the films. Oh my goodness. Last year. So yeah, I did all 130. So I couldn't keep track of all the transfers. That was just a little too much for me. I almost did, but at this point doing that, not not enough firm information. So yeah, it's (laughs) it's return returning players that I had data on and, and, you know, film that I could get to from last year on that team. So what do you see from Lopini Coteau, but that puts him in the top 10. I just think again, there's, there's the ability to do more things than just one at a position. I love positional versatility. So if you can get the ball to him in the screen game or the passing game, that's what gives him the leg up. He's, he's a difficult guy to tackle, uh, not only with some short area quickness, but also some burst uh, through the tackle point. So I like him uh, as sort of a lead man at the running back spot. Those that follow BYU football closely are asking themselves, why haven't they mentioned Kairos Tonga yet? You have him at number 10. Why is Kairos Tonga not higher on your list? It's the it's the probably the biggest thing I had to answer. Not only not not why Bushman was down, not why Christensen was one, not why MP wasn't one or Wilson was up there so high. It was why is Tonga ten? You have to be a three down player. You have to be able to do everything on the interior of the defensive line. I said it a little bit ago too. 
interior pressure is significantly more valuable because it upsets the entire offense or the opposing offense. So for Tonga, he needs to add a pass rushing element. I know he's got a sack or two here and there, and he's got a couple of hits on the quarterback, but what he has to do is he has to add this value as an interior pass rusher. I love his run-stopping ability and the sure tackling that he's got on running backs, but you have to be able to get after the quarterback from the interior if you want to be a guy that's in the top 10 on your team. And you had Chaz Ayu at nine, uh, a guy that made a couple of plays that were pretty impressive, notably uh, Toledo. BYU's about to lose the game, but he strips the ball uh, and, and recovers it at the same time. Unfortunately, BYU throws a pick the next play, but uh, that was a heck of a play. Yeah, so I like what he does as well in coverage. So another thing there, but there were too many plays that he left on the table for me to get him any higher than where he was in terms of uh, you know missing some tackles. But the, some of those highlight real plays were basically all you have from him. So I'd like to see, again, sort of this down-to-down consistency. So, Cam, looking at this list and with keeping in mind that BYU didn't have a draft pick this last draft – how many guys do you think legitimately could be playing in the NFL and are draft picks on this list right now? So there are probably about half of those guys. And I have no, no issue saying that Christensen and, and Bushman are first round caliber might slip into the day two realm because of lack of power five footage. I guess you could maybe look at some of the scouting departments. Don't go out there and, care about what you do against idaho state or umass whoa whoa so, whoa what I, I do i love that i, lo- I love this because then you get to see the decisions fly that you get to see zach wilson being zach wilson uh, against umass and idaho state but i think mp as well as a day two sort of guy i think zach wilson also clean bill of health in a full season um maybe not even this year maybe we get another year of zach wilson too so uh, and i think wilgar eventually and then tonka obviously just a big man in the middle so i think those five are, are probably your for sure guys that are going to go Great stuff, Cam. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, stay safe, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Cam Meller, SB Nation football insider on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. He knows his stuff. Like, we bring on national people, and sometimes they don't say the names correctly. We give them a little pass, or they just don't know the details. This guy's actually watched a bunch of film. And, like, more film than us, you know what I mean? Like, he digs into that, which is super cool. And uh, interesting to have him put Kyrus Tonga so down, so low. That's the thing we've heard, right? Kyrus needs to climb up into a three-down line kind of guy. Zach Wilson at number two. That, I, that's good news. I li- He's high on Zach Wilson, right? Coming up, our 10 best returnees, our list. And is BYU basketball not a tournament team next year what's that all about i thought matt harms and byu need to make make gonzaga watch out this is byu sports nation on the latest byu sports nation right now kiki solano zooms with gunner rami and kyle griffiths of byu football after they quarantine in florida who can tell which headlines are fake and which are florida plus guest appearances by your boy baylor romney and talon chumley check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. May the 4th be with you. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Provo, Utah, and Studio B with The Whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Brigham Young and San Diego State men's hoops announced a new two-game series beginning December 1st of this year in San Diego, followed by a game in Provo the next season. Two teams played the last two years. The Aztecs won both. Mark Pope was heard to say, it's not my fault. The Cougars lead the series history 48-26, and in my experience, there's no such thing as looks. Ah, yes. So based on that series history, you would say the Cougars have the high ground, right? The higher ground. But I have the high ground. (laughs) While on the golf course and talking about the most impactful fifth-year transfers, ESPN College Basketball Insider Dick Vitale 
names Matt Harms as number one impact transfer oh, player in college basketball one, this baby. season. In oh. fact, it was so good, we want to hear it again, Dickie V. That player, in terms of a fifth-year transfer, is going to be the big guy, the 7'3 guy at BYU. He broke the hearts of people in Big Blue Nation when he decided to go play at BYU. And now BYU with him, I really believe, is going to be a threat for national ratings. And watch out Gonzaga. Even though the Zags are my number one preseason pick, watch out for Matt Harms and BYU. Okay. Dickie V is saying this is a new day, a new beginning in the WCC. <laughs> I don't actually believe that, but I'm excited to see what happens. Winning a league title is different than, like, going to the tourney and winning in the tourney. It's just... <laughs> Listen, it's just hard. Gonzaga is the empire. They own the Death Star. It's going to take a shot from Luke Skywalker and BYU into the core of that thing miraculously to That's end the dynasty. That's one battle. It's a 16-game I... regular season. <sighs> yeah. The NBA announces the NBA draft lottery and combine have been postponed indefinitely. The, everything's postponed. Do they have to announce it? Both events were scheduled this month. The June 25th NBA draft is expected to be pushed back as well. Well, yeah, if you don't have the draft lottery, you can't have the draft. Yeah. NBA facilities are scheduled to reopen later this week, and that's good news. But NBA, don't get cocky. Volleyball. Five Cougars named to the MPSF Volleyball All-Academic Team, including senior middle blocker Miki Yauhiainen. He's got a 4-0. Zach Eschenberg with a 3-7-3. The other three on the list, Davide Gardini, John Stanley, and Will Stanley. Who was, Jerem, the best to wear it as we move on in our count up of the greatest athletes at BYU a, to ever wear a given jersey that's number? That's a good point. It's, no one ever says it's a count up. We're doing it's a count a up. It's a count up. It's a and, count up. And we have Let's counted go. up to the great eight. ESPN, the Ocho. It's a man who works at ESPN now. It's Steve Young. It's pretty obvious, right? He played at BYU from 1980 to 83. Uh, reportedly, at one point, was like an eighth string quarterback. You have eight quarterbacks? They had a JV team. So, uh, BYU Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer. In 1983, which we outlined on Friday, the amazing season, set 13 NCAA records, including throwing for 71.3%. He uh, also completed 71% of his thoughts during the interview Friday. Davey O'Brien Award, Consensus All-American, second in the Heisman. This is the greatest season in BYU history up to this point, until Ty Detmer wins the Heisman. Uh, NCAA record 584 yards a game was a team record. 370 yards of total, a game by himself. And maybe more impressively in this conversation, BYU Law degree in the offseason with the Niners, 94. Uh, Super Bowl 29 MVP, Super Bowl record six touchdowns. He carried a 4-0 GPA that's, through all of that. That's insane. <laughs> the only time I carried a 4-0 GPA is when I took the 16 credits of Portuguese test and got it. That was the only time. Three-time Super Bowl champ, uh, played professionally for 15 years. In the USFL, apparently, he became the first pro football player ever to pass for 300 rush for 100 in a game with the LA Express. Pretty cool, right? Incredible. And, of course, uh, ESPN and, and uh, what uh, his uh, financial uh, ventures, uh, venture capitalism after has been crazy successful. ESPN, he's, yeah, he's one of the greatest BYU players ever. You could argue he is the greatest he's BYU He's the player. most beloved BYU figure, I think. The most recognizable you keep changing it. <laughs> Stick with the original premise. The most beloved. I, I, yeah. 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 What is it? Mobbed? Is it recognized? What is it? <laughs> the most revered. I thought it, yeah. What? Yeah. The most honored. Yeah. You just I keep. Yeah. I don't know. 
Beloved. I mean, he's, he's he is absolutely beloved. He's beloved. Yeah. Awesome. Coming up, Nacho Libre, Kafusi style. It's incredible. And who makes our top ten list of BYU football returnees? Cam had his yeah. say. We're going to have our say. Is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Friday as we chronicle the 17-1, number one ranked BYU men's volleyball 2020 season cut short due to COVID-19. It's called Unfinished Business. It's this Friday, May 8th at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Jeremy, this has nothing to do with what you just said, but I do want to bring up my favorite Star Wars line right now because you've been doing this on May the 4th. Okay. Uh, And it deals with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wonder if... Uh, they mean old they Ben mean, Kenobi. They mean old Ben Kenobi. Like the dumbest line in movie history. <laughs> what if they mean uh, old Ben Kenobi? Oh, Jerry Jordan. I'm, I wonder if they mean Michael Jordan. Like, what? <laughs> what? It's so stupid, man. Oh. I would tell people on my LDS mission trip uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Brazil, I'd say, oh, yeah, Michael Jordan. He's my uncle. They're like, really? I'm like... No, 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 not really. Yeah. And then I would say, oh, I'm from Salt Lake. They're like, where's that? I go, where the 2002 Olympics were just held. They go, oh, winter? We don't pay attention to that. <laughs> in Brazil, they don't, they no don't care about the winter. No prestige. Only in the summer. Yeah. Sure. So the whiff. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Hope you're enjoying your May the 4th. We spoke with SB Nation's Cam Miller about his top 10 returnees for BYU football this upcoming season. He's got Brady Christensen, number one, Zach Wilson, number two, and Kairos Tonga all the way down at number 10. Jerem, how does your top 10 list shake out compared to Cam's? First off, Cam's is good, but mind tricks don't work on me. So number one, I agree, Brady Christensen, okay? He's the number one pro prospect from BYU. He's the highest rated according to Power Fo- uh, Pro Football Focus. I mean, like in 1980, it'd be hard for us to like put a lineman in there, but we have different metrics now, which is awesome. Okay, number two, James Empey. I, I put Ooh. James Empey as the second best player returner on BYU's team. Three, Matt Bushman. I put Kyrus Tonga at four. I put him up much higher. Um, and there's some validity to what Cam's saying. He's got to become a three down lineman. But when Kyrus Tonga takes over a game, it's so dominating. It's hard not to put him in the top five, right? I have Zach Wilson fifth. He's got to be in the top five. I think Zach win healthy. Uh, when he can grip the ball, like we've talked about, he is a tremendous player on this team. <laughs> if he's not, great when he can grip the ball. Yeah, if not the best player, like he can be the best player in this team. Six, Isaiah Kafusi. I love Isaiah. I just I think Isaiah is one of the best character guys on the team. I think he's a leader. I think he's a tremendous player. Kavik Fonua was really solid, led the team in tackles, had an interception last year that was timely against Tennessee. Uh, Lopini Katoa, I put at eight, which is the same spot as Cam. I think you got to have uh, you know, uh, a quote-unquote skilled position player. Not that the linemen are unskilled. Mark Schlereth went off about that over the weekend. Uh, number nine, Chaz Ayu. I think Chaz is a really good player. I think he's only going to get better as a junior. And then uh, number 10, I have Tristan Hodge. I think Tristan Hodge is off the radar of a lot of people, but I think he's a tremendous uh, guard that has a chance at the NFL after uh, next season. Now, one stark difference that I noticed between you and Cam is you don't have Peyton Wilgar, and neither I, do I. I d- yeah, I, I thought Peyton had a really good season. Um, he's on the fringe of being in the top ten. I mean, you could put a lot of those young linebackers in there. Peyton Wilgar had two notable interceptions. Keaton Slovis, the layout, Sky Cam, uh, that was in our, uh, you know, you'll see in our play-by-replay. He led uh, BYU in interceptions last year. With what, two, three? Three. three. Uh, Jordan Love, first-round quarterback, uh, picked off at Utah State, and then I can't remember the third. 
But those were notable. Yeah, no, I feel you on uh, Peyton Wilger. I don't think he's top 10 right now, but I think uh, going into next year he will be. He's right there. Yeah, he's right there. He's just outside my top 10. Okay, my top 10 features the great Matt Bushman at number one. I feel like I am with Cam. If BYU utilized Matt Bushman like John Beck and Robert and I and BYU 2006 utilized Johnny Harleen, and the 2009 and 2008 offenses utilized Dennis Pitta. Yeah, Matt, didn't, De- Dennis didn't block anybody. Matt Bushman would be number one. I think he should be number one. The only person that Dennis tries to block is me. That's the only person he's ever tried to block. And he's, probably, he's probably done so successfully on social media. <laughs> probably. Is he on Twitter? <laughs> okay. So I got Matt Bushman at number one. If he is in the Dennis Pitta, Johnny Harleen role, He's the number one guy for me. Right now, he's a projected second-round pick, uh, at least according to one source we reported last week, to the Dallas Cowboys. Cam Miller just How about us, some Cowboys? Cam Miller just told us he's a day-one uh, talent, talent yeah, yeah. but probably a day-two guy. Yeah. Okay, that'd be great. Brady Christensen is right there with him. Yeah. Uh, Brady Christensen is the real deal on the offensive line, as is James Empey. How great is it that BYU is going to have two guys drafted off of the offensive line sometime in the next two years? Oh, we hope, right? Brady I, for sure. I hope James as well. Amazing. Like it's, When's the last time BYU even put an offensive lineman into the NFL, whether they were drafted or not? Was it DeAndre Wesley? Yeah. Has it been he, that he was, long? He was uh, undrafted free agent. I think that Dallas Reynolds was the last drafted, drafted offensive just lineman. Off the top of my head. It's been more than a decade. It's that been, is crazy. Been a minute. Zach Wilson at number four. Kyrus Tonga at number five. I think Kyrus is too low on Cam's list. Uh, hopefully the challenge has been heard by Kyrus. He can stay on the He's field. Been it every year. Let's more. go, baby. Let's go. Quarantine's probably not helping that situation. It ain't helping my stomach. Isaiah Kafusi at number six, and I got Zane Anderson at number seven, Jerem. Oh, I, I, you know what? I completely forgot about I Zane. I'm going to be honest. Love Zane Anderson. Zane's Zane's in my top ten. Sorry, I just forgot about Zane. You know, you know who else should be on here that isn't like sh- needs to be Troy Warner. Uh, he, he, Troy is uh, one of my honorable mentions. He needs to be on this list, and I think he is uber talented. Here's the thing with Troy: I need more picks. Like Troy is a good defender, pass breakup. I need him to catch the ball. In the air. And he will this year multiple times. At Hawaii, he dropped one inside the red zone that cost BYU a touchdown in a close game, right? I think Troy is a tremendous player that will have a breakout senior season, okay. second senior season. All right. he, he's coming off an injury. Da, da, da. He needs more picks. Yeah, Zane Anderson, I totally forgot about. Good kid. Sorry. I, he should be like sixth. He might be the fifth. fastest guy on the team. He's super smart. I think he has real potential if he can just stay healthy to – get onto a practice squad, be a special teams guy in the NFL. I think he has that type of speed and talent. Yeah. But his health has been a huge issue. Which, by the way, Austin Lee, still not signed. Just unbelievable. No, and I can't believe it. Some of you are saying, well, Zane's too old. Zane's only 23. He didn't go on a mission. Zane's only so 23. He's, yeah, he's 23. He's not. No. Yeah, I, I like, like him a lot. The NBA, if you're a four-year guy, like you're not that good. You know what I mean? Four-year guys to the NBA? Football's different. It's totally different. You have well, for one thing, the rule is you have to st- <laughs> three years after high school, yes. right? So, so you have to be at least twenty one. So Johnny Manziel, what doesn't he come out after his uh, redshirt sophomore year? He, he did the three year minimum, didn't he? Yeah. I thought he said two years texting him. Boom, he goes. Worked out well. And for what him. a career it was. Worked out well for him. Wait, what? Chaz Ayu also in my list. I love Chaz's physicality. I think he's just a baller. He's a gamer. Like if there's somebody that's going to replace what Diane Gawoloku did, I think Chaz Ayu is the guy to do. He's got he's got the the tendency to create turnovers, to be physical. Yeah. He, he loves the contact of the he, game. He helps create the turnover that wins the USC game. To get to Diane, right? Yeah. Um, another guy that I, I 
uh, next year will be on this list going into the season. Gunnar Romney. Gunnar Romney hasn't proven enough to be in this top 10 at the moment. But I think that he needs to be a top 10 player on BYU's team. We don't have a single receiver on this. You have a tight end. No, no, no. Receiver. We don't have a single receiver in our top 10s. We need a top 10 receiver on the team to be a player. Because how is, is it B- Matt Bushman? <laughs> He's a tight end. Yeah, I see what you're saying. How is BYU going to play six power fives, four of which are to start the season, three on the road, and not have one of the top 10 players on the team be a receiver? Now, you put DHC on there. I, yes. I didn't put a re- I didn't put him because I didn't you didn't think include of him transfers. as a returner, right? But he's got, I, he's got to be a top ten yes, player. Yes, he's this a top team. ten he's player win on this games. team. Yeah. yeah. So I, I took the liberty of adding him because we didn't really have those parameters that Cam did, where he's like, it's guys that played for BYU last year that are coming back. Devontae Henry Cole is one of the top ten if, football players on this BYU. Team. If Dallin Holker's not going back out, I don't is I I don't know that he's not. Um, but he would be a top ten guy I on this wrote his list, name right? Down. I was like, is, does he count? We don't know what's going to happen with him. Like there are there are BYU football players back from their missions that haven't gone out yet that could play this year if they didn't go back out, but they are choosing to go back out in, in the most m- most of the cases. Right? I haven't heard of anyone trying to play this year. I would think BYU doesn't have any scholarships anyway, so it'd be kind of hard. I hope that BYU doesn't lose any any guys to this crazy scholarship crunch. I think that'd be awful where it's like, oh, that was a good player on another team, but he didn't come here because of this. Wasn't there an issue sort of like with Jake Murphy back in the day with that? He came back and there was some issue um, with understanding with scholarships. He goes to the U and has a nice career. It's like, I don't want that to ever happen. I don't want that to ever happen. I know there there are different circumstances of guys saying, well, I'm actually going to leave and go here, whatever. BYU benefits from this sometimes, by the way. Taysom Hill comes home. Stanford's like, no, we don't take mid-year enrollees. He's like, what? Like, how did they not talk about that before? I'm out. And then Taysom Hill comes to BYU, and in 2012 is here. Like, BYU benefited from a, yes. a scheduling issue, if you will, academically. I'll tell you what, this practice, if you will, of writing down a bunch of top-level players for BYU, it made me feel better about things. Because I, I just wrote down 20 guys off the top of my head without looking at any roster, and I was like, oh, all these guys are they aren't the, They aren't the issue of BYU football. It's the it's, depth. It's the next level. Yes. Yes, it's depth. the next level because guys get hurt. It's the next level, yeah. Chris Wilcox is another name we yes. brought up. Speed, yeah. Like, yeah, he, Sneaky. He's a guy that could sneak into the top ten as well. Yeah, we would do the whole roster, but we would tick off the whole roster. That's why we don't do it. <laughs> Coming up, more responses about the most beloved character in BYU sports or whatever Spencer wants to do. Plus, a rise and shout out that Encarnacion will absolutely love. Encarnacion! This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast to find it. Our question of the day, who is the most beloved character in BYU sports history or most revered or most mobbed or most, mobbed. most honored? Yeah, yeah. more criteria, please. All of those have been presented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep changing it. I apologize for that. What is this? The Nicene Creed? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Tasha Lynn 19. For me personally, it's definitely Jimmer. Jimmer mania began shortly after my dad died. 
I started going to games as a much-needed distraction, and it soon became much more than that. I'm now a huge BYU Hoops fan, and my life wouldn't be the same without it. Hashtag BYUSN. That and we, truly is an elite tweet. And we know Tasha, and that's a, a pretty cool story, right? Um, yeah, Jim Romania was incredible. And BYU has, you know, tremendous athletes that come through every couple of years, and crazy things happen. In the case of Jim Romania, that hadn't ever happened. It Like, Danny Ainge was revered at a crazy level, but it wasn't the... The Michelle Peralta worship level right. of Jimmer Mania. Jimmer Mania was a product of technology as well. Sure. Because he could get out there more. Like Danny Ainge might have been in the same category. D- Danny Ainge did some crazy things, but he didn't shoot from 40 feet away. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the three-point line didn't even exist in the college game yet. Taysom Hill was on the cusp of this, Jerem. Yeah, it could have been. He was on yeah. the cusp of this. Yeah. Pretty crazy. All right, today's rise and shout out. We promise you're going to love it. The Kafusi brothers, Bronson and Corbin, up to their usual antics and recreating a scene from Nacho Libre. I mean, this was awesome. So they're going in the woods. By the way, they're both shirtless, so they're really in character. This is training for Nacho, by the way. These are two NFL players. (laughs) He's just like straight. Beans on the ground. <laughs> Corbin's lifting it up. In the backwards smear, of Provo above their house. it on Bronson's face as he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> the awkward <He's>... runaway. <laughs> okay, the, the beehive moment. The beehive moment. Luckily, they didn't actually do this. <laughs> Look how big Corbin is, Corbin by the way. Corbin is a giant, Corbin's dude. huge. Like, Bronson's he, a big boy, and he makes Bronson look small. Like, if if Corbin is, you know, Goliath, then David would have been, like, the backup <laughs> kicker at your local high school on the freshman team. And here they are sprinting in slow motion. <laughs> so funny, dude. Well done by the Kafusis. I, I love Corbin's hair and beard, too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, by the way, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Okay, last one. I you got him all it. You That one was so forced. Wait, it's a trap. It was forced. Yeah. Hopefully it wasn't real towards me. <laughs> <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Cam Meller of SB Nation. Already done this better, no time. Don't start, try to block someone. Or Jeremiah Spencer. <laughs> Shout out to Todd Shell. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Encarnacion!